our voice, our future. Join us as we explore the real power of Youth Rising. Youth Rising. The Youth Rising podcast by NCS. Hey, I'm Musi Mahmoud and welcome back to Youth Rising by NCS. As usual, we're keeping things current, fresh and most importantly, a reflection of us, the youth. You see, this episode here isn't to complain or moan. I'm sure we've heard enough of that in the media right now. But instead, it's around one big question today, and that's how have our communities really coped with COVID-19? So we're going to be zooming into the communities that have continued to battle, learn, but also grow. This episode is about the new communities that have formed since the pandemic. And of course, we're going to be bringing you our isolation diaries and our lockdown lowdown, which is jam-packed with recommendations so you're never left bored at home. So keep listening. Now, before we get cracking and we start delving into communities, let me remind you that this remotely recorded podcast is happening all thanks to NTS, the programme for 16 to 17 year olds that helps turn all those no you can't into no, we can. Just like how we're going full steam ahead with this podcast. The lockdown has prevented many groups from continuing. Some have been forced to stop and close completely. The positive to this, however, is that it's actually brought people closer together. There are even new communities that have started. Our reporter Llewellyn is part of a rollerblading group and he wanted to speak to people about their groups and their communities. So joining Llewellyn, we have Samuel, our editor, who plays judo, Samuel's judo instructor, Mark Fritcher, Eva, our reporter, and Tom Otway, the founder of From Home. So let's take a listen. Hi, I'm Llewellyn, and in today's discussion, I'm joined by fellow reporter Eva and editor Sam from the Youth Rising team, as well as judo coach Mark and media lecturer Tom. Before lockdown, I was part of various groups and communities ranging from skating to sailing, as well as the seemingly ever-present academic one, all of which, due to the lockdown, have ground to a temporary halt. So my name's Eva and I'm part of the community involved with Platform B, which is a radio station which runs from a local venue in Brighton. At the moment, we've adjusted our community so that we can record shows remotely from home. I, myself, it's it's a process of compi- compiling a playlist and sending it over to the station manager who then runs it remotely from their home. But it's great to still carry on that sense of community and share music, which we all enjoy doing. Tom, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your project from home? Yeah, hi Eva, thanks very much indeed. So I live in Brighton and I have um, a few different hats. Uh, One of my main jobs is uh, I work at Universities of Sussex and Brighton as a media lecturer. So it's a really weird time because um, right in the middle of the term, it suddenly stopped and we all suddenly had to go online. So I've been doing quite a lot of teaching online and tutorials. But one of the really great things that's come out of this is I've had a long-standing sort of professional relationship with a company called Moving Moving Pictures Theatre and my own company, Language Umbrella Media. We've teamed together and we've made a, it's a new, a new venture called From Home. And the idea of this is to give people a voice in lockdown. And as you say, to keep communities going, what we really want people to do is, is to carry on uh, building communities. And uh, I'll, I'll talk a bit more in a moment about, about how people can make videos and be part of a, not just a, a Brighton or even uh, England or UK, but worldwide 
um, sort of network of, of, of people who are experiencing this thing together, but separately. Wow, that sounds great. So with leaving university and doing online tutorials, how have you found that you're able to stay connected or if, if you are able to stay connected and um, engage with your students? Because I can imagine that must be quite a massive task. I must say, it's, it was very strange because you, when, when you're told you don't need to do your, your lecture or your class at uh, a particular time, you can do it at any time. And I think that's really confusing for people. But students have really appreciated it. I've got students who've gone home to Vietnam, China, you know, rest of the UK, uh, and we've still managed to have a seminar. So that's pretty, it's pretty cool that we can still do that. And I think there's been a lot of really good work done in that, in that field. So it's really tough. So I think everyone's just catching up and trying to work out how to do it and keep the community going. Yeah, it must be massive, especially for those who have gone back home to somewhere like Vietnam. They would have just been completely taken out of that community down here in Brighton and that university community, and now they're back home somewhere completely different. Have you had a chance to talk to anyone that's been sort of displaced, like, in that way? Well, yes. I mean, it's funny. Is that I was chatting away on Skype to someone. And I said, um, you know, where are you right now? And I just assumed they'd be on campus in Brighton. And they said, no, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm at home in Vietnam, but I'm in quarantine. You know, so they were staying in some kind of, um, I don't know, government-led hostel or whatever, where they had to wait for a period of weeks to be in quarantine. So it just goes to show you don't know what's going on when you're online with someone. And it's been, I think it's been really tough for people. So was that a driving force behind your project from home to sort of find out more about what actually is going on at people, like in the different homes around the globe and stuff? Yeah, 100%. I think that's exactly right. And as you know, as a theatre company, uh, Moving Pictures Theatre, they work in 360 already, and they do experimental stuff with sort of both physical and virtual theatre. Uh, and we just thought, wouldn't it be great to take people's stories? And what we're asking people to do is is to submit up to three minute videos. It could be talking to camera, it could be a song, it could be anything. Um, and then we're going to edit those together for the Brighton Digital Festival in October, which may still be online itself. And we're also planning an installation. It'll be like walking around a house where you're get to see and hear all these different voices coming at you great and also as a historical document because we're in this right now and it's especially tough for some people more than others but we also need to remind ourselves that this is we're part of a really extraordinary time in history so documenting it seems really important so that's that's what from home's doing and it's young people in particular uh that i i would really like to hear from because i think they've had a a particularly tough deal with this and they're going to have to deal with this for generations to come yeah exactly um, what would you, what would you um, say to anyone that wants to get involved with your project? How can they get involved, and what kind of content are you looking for? We're looking for something creative, but really, it's it's about voice. So, if they just want to talk, we've had a couple of um, young young people, a couple up in Scotland, who just were talking about the cocktails they're making, the stuff they're watching, and they kind of edited it. Some people just spoken straight to camera. Some people don't want to show themselves, but they want to show the view out the window. Some people have written a song. It's whatever they want to do, but it's, I think it's really important to express how you're feeling and be really honest so that we have a really good document of what it feels like at the moment to be in this really extraordinary time. So, so if people want to do that, there's a Facebook page which is kind of driving all this, and it's at From Home 2020. We understand that some people don't use Facebook necessarily or don't necessarily want all their details on there, but they might want to submit the video. They can do that by sending an email to fromhome at movingpicturestheatre.com. And then they can be part of a feature-length film for the Brighton Digital Festival 
and also part of an installation and part of history. It's great. I've um, I've had a look at the Facebook page and I like how you've been posting highlights of the things people are sending in. And it's just nice to have that insight into what's going on in other people's lives because it can feel like quite a lonely time and you kind of forget about the outside world. But I think projects like From Home are really good at sort of just letting you know that other people are going through the same things or they're, you know, using their time differently. And it's just like a nice way of seeing this whole situation, isn't it? It's great to just document it in different ways. And yeah, it sounds it sounds like an exciting project. So we're talking about like a new community developing. Do you guys want to talk about your community, Sam, and what's how that's been affected? So I do judo and that's a community I'm very involved in, as is Mark. So because of the lockdown, we can't go to training. Things like keeping our fitness up, that's been handled by the coaches, which on our Facebook page, they've been putting up like challenges for us to do. So uh, how many press-ups you can do without stopping, how many sit-ups you can do without stopping, uh, stuff like that. And everyone's been sort of staying together as a community, staying connected. So I'm here with Mark Fricker, who is my judo coach. He's the main coach for Pinewood Judo Club. So, Mark, are you able to um, sort of talk a bit about judo, what it stands for, actually what it is? Okay, so it's a, it's a Japanese martial art with its roots back in the late 1800s, but it's developed into a worldwide Olympic sport. It lends itself very well to participation from the youngest of children, five, I think we take now. In fact, I, in my schools where I teach in school as well, I take them younger than five. But the peripheral benefits perhaps of judo is that it builds, it builds a kind of resilience, mental and physical, I think. Essentially, we're in a strange position because even beyond this particular lockdown, it's likely that judo will be one of the last things that we're able to do even when the schools go back. Judo is a, is a great one for uh, blurring the kind of gaps between generations that I've got children of six and seven at the judo club that when they're in their judo kits, they're on the mat, they're judoka. It breaks down the status between people, I think. And it, you be, you're defined by, by your interest in something rather than what car you drive or what you wear or what you do for a living. It's just... It's a kind of egalitarian feel about the thing, which is one thing that I like about it. It's a difficult position for us now, of course, as Sam said. Um, we're kind of defined now by our interest in something that we're not able to do, which is quite strange. I'm sure we're not on our own in that. There's, there's two parts to this. I think there's the, the idea that the judo will be there for us when we get back to it. And we, we should stay in touch with each other. But I think this is a time when new communities are forming. It's like Tom was explaining. That was very interesting, by the way. Thank you, Tom. How, you know, out, out of this melting pot will come new communities and there'll be layers of community as well, I think. And the judo cl club will be no different in that. It's a new normal. We've, we've, we're all establishing a new normal, I think. I'm hopeful, as we said in the preamble before this was official, this, that from this might come a lot of good things. And I, I'm hopeful that we don't just slip back into what was a fairly mad existence previous to this. Yeah, I think so. Definitely. I And on that topic of communities, I was just going to ask Mark, have you considered getting your judo um, students like involved in any sorts of live streams or video chats? I, I know, is judo mainly 
contact. I'm not actually that familiar with it. It is. I mean, you, you can practice on your own, much as a, a boxer might shadow box. It's not easy and it's not really, it's not really suitable for the younger ones. One of the things that I'm keen to do, and I, I kind of made a start, but uh, beyond the kind of physical, uh, is just use the opportunity to, to gaze through the keyhole at other parts of the people's lives. Because we meet at the judo club, and it is judo, judo, and judo. There is other stuff going on around. And I mean, for instance, I invited people to put up video clips of whatever it was they were interested in outside of judo. And I found stuff out that I'd, I'd not even guessed at. You know, like one of the coaches keeps ferrets, put some really engaging video up of the ferrets running riot in our kitchen. And there's a, someone else into bonsai trees, you know. It's quite nice from that perspective, really. It gives us a chance to step, step back from it a bit and take a wider look at it, you know? Yeah, so judo had mainly dominated that community, obviously because you're brought together by your love for judo, but then it can sort of take over the other aspects exactly. of like, yeah. personality. It, yeah. So, yeah, I guess yeah. it's a good chance to get to know each other. Yeah, beyond, beyond the judo, yeah. Still united by it, of course, but, yeah. I just pray we don't go back to that same old more, more, more stuff, stuff, stuff. You know, it's just craziness. When you look, I felt that at the time, but uh, it, it, even more with this kind of hindsight that we're, we're all able to apply to it now. It's the hamster on the wheel. Yeah, thing, I've you know? also um, seen a lot of people being really creative and sort of upcycling their clothes or like doing a lot of DIY, doing things themselves, which I think like this lockdown has kind of made people realise that they kind of, they don't need to rely on someone else to do that. So I think jobs jobs in those fields of like creating more things for consumers to buy, uh, I think there'll be less jobs in that, but then there's going to be more like individual creativity and people are going to be uh, going back to sort of the old way of doing it themselves. Mm, definitely. So I think we've kind of been over how communities have, are in have adapted and to this kind of new situation that we find ourselves in. But I thought it'd be interesting as the last few things just to go around and kind of ask people what what's the most sort of exciting new community that you've brought yourself into, you've found during lockdown. We go around, Eva? The most exciting new community I've discovered online. Um, I haven't really involved myself in a sort of community, but I've discovered like the importance of seeing people and like doing things like group calls and stuff like that it's made me feel so much more connected and I think yeah social media video chats they've become something that yeah like I really look forward to seeing my friends on zoom and stuff whereas before I would have preferred to just sit down and like see them and have a chat which I would probably still prefer now but obviously we can't do it so definitely social media and Mm. group chats are something really important to me my sense of like being with the people I love even if I'm not actually with them right Simon mine is sort of similar to Eva's in how uh, I've only really been sort of contacting my friends, voice calling them. I've seen like communities on Facebook. I've been invited to one where we talk about our lives in lockdown, sort of we find positive stories from it. And I sort of feel like these communities have come together because of well, humans, we crave uh, social attention because we've been evolved to be social creatures and work together and socialize. So I think all these online communities, such as the uh, positive stories ones, are really sort of healthy for everyone and kind of accelerated that. Yeah, yeah. they were bound to cool. appear at some point. 
Mark, if you have any? I do, actually. I'm going to pick this up and risk now. Look, If you look at my table there, yeah. that's the instrument cluster from a 900 Honda that goes back to about 1982. Ooh. I've always been interested in motorcycles. That was another, another uh, driver for my life. I'm now connected with a worldwide community through Facebook. You know, I'm chatting to people in Australia, California, Grimsby. You know, it's just... United by an in, by an obsession and an interest in a specific <laughs> period of Japanese motorcycle. Amazing. There's an administrator in one of these Facebook groups, a lady called Sarah Dolby. I've never met her. I doubt that I ever will in person. Um, she's got some health issues um, and she's confined, you know, by the lockdown as well as everyone else. But it's been heartening to see how much kind of love's out there for uh, for people beyond this mm. shared interest or obsession in motorcycles yeah. so another another example i guess of a of a community that i hadn't even guessed at you know yeah. but with all this with all this screen time available it exists you know this bountiful of kindness exactly mm. yeah exactly yeah the kindness of strangers that you didn't even know was there it's lovely that's true you know mm. actually and even walking my i've got a chihuahua as well so there's a whole group of people that live around me that i'd never even known you know never known to say hello to i know them yeah. by name we stop and talk now it's just like a whole new world it's uh yeah interesting it's like i said layers of community really yeah we're united because we're all forced to stay under the same mm. circumstances and tom yeah actually connected to what mark was just saying it's, it's really funny because i uh moved house just before the lockdown housewarming parties will have to wait the housewarming is going to be massive by the end i tell you mm. <laughs> but it's been really weird but you know the whole kind of nhs clap clapping on a thursday eight o'clock i've met all my neighbors i see them every week at eight o'clock and i've, and I've chatted to people so that's been really great, actually. As a result, in the back garden, we sort of had a, we've had a barbecue over the fence with next with our next door neighbours, and then the, you know, little things like Brilliant. they already had an Ocado shop going, and we, we couldn't get anything online. And they said, "Oh, look, why don't you just tap into our order? We'll add something on." So little things like that—they're amazing, aren't they? They, yeah. And, that's def- that's definitely something that I feel in my very small village of less than ten houses that these are the people that we have around. We have the pub and we have the farm people and then we have the people who have kind of moved into the area of which I'm one. And you sort of, you you really get to know these people on a deeper level, which is lovely. And I guess the kind of newest community that I've, well, not community or something that I've kind of discovered during lockdown is, is that I have somebody that I'm very close to and we have I've always had this thing of watching of watching films and trying to find sort of oddballs that neither of us have sit, have watched or the other has seen and sort of kind of expand uh, our sort of joint taste in films and find kind of new things that we both enjoy and kind of Netflix party which I've discovered that you can do has kind of really helped that and I've and that's yeah so that's been wonderful to kind of just be able to like interact with that stuff. And how it's kind of so integrated. Can I just, sorry, add one more thing to that then? Because it occurred to me, if we're making this from home document of of people's experiences from home, it's not just talking to camera as a person. It's actually trying to do a screen grab of your conversation outwards from where you are to whoever you're connecting with. Because I think that's what would be really interesting for historians and sociologists and other, and, you know, grandchildren in the, you know, in the future, if you want to put it like that, is to think, to think that, that this was a real conversation that was happening virtually at this time. So if anyone wanted to upload, um, record with permission from both parties, um, a, a barbecue 
you know, between yourselves. I don't know, it could be another side of the world or or even your neighbour who's next door to you in your village uh, or your Netflix party or recording of it. That, that would be so fascinating because we these are the first times that this has happened or needed to happen. And what people don't really realise is that if you don't document these sort of things, everything's digital and it is just when you end the call, that's it. There's been no, there's no way to replay that really. So I think there's actually a museum that's actually documenting everything that's going on in lockdown yeah. as much as they can like right. getting videos and calls and everything that's going on because they're uh i i don't know which one it is but there is a museum collecting all this information so that they can like have it for future generations that's amazing i sort of wanted to go back to the point about uh, uh about how everyone's getting like closer socially so it's sort of going back to that sort of everyone knows everyone in their like street or village um because even though we're like socially distancing so like keeping six feet apart two meters whatever uh we're actually closer socially in the sense of like relationships with people around you and i think that's in a way that's something really good that can actually come out of lockdown and that can come out of everything that's going on yeah you've survived a hardship together so you will be closer which is nice without the lockdown we wouldn't have had had this conversation so it's great all right thanks everyone for coming and sharing your thoughts bye Bye. thank you stay safe everyone how amazing was that I never really thought about the impact on communities until I heard that discussion so thank you so so much guys Youth Rising. Youth Rising. Youth Rising. By NCS. It's our voice. Our future. Join us as we explore the real power of Youth Rising. Youth Rising. The Youth Rising podcast by NCS. You're listening to Youth Rising by NCS. It's week six of lockdown and I'm sure everyone's had a tough time. Over the last few weeks, we've heard the isolation diaries from our England-based team and how they're coping in lockdown. In the last episode of Youth Rising, we heard Lottie and Sophie upscaling their wardrobe. It was so, so much fun. This week, we set Samuel the task of learning to play the guitar and Caitlin the task of speaking Spanish. So let's see how they got on. So I'm Caitlin and I'm a researcher on the podcast and I've been challenged this week to learn Spanish. Not really sure how it's going to go, I'm not the greatest at languages, I mean I can barely speak English half of the time let's be honest, but I'm going to try my best. Hi, it's Samuel. This week I've been set the challenge of learning to play something from Wonderwall by Oasis. I thought this would be a good idea because When I was 10, I got a guitar for Christmas and I've not touched it once in the seven years that I've had it. Okay, so today is Tuesday. I can now count to 10 in Spanish. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, siete, ocho, nueve, diez. And I've also been trying to learn basic like conversational phrases. So we have buenos dias, buenos tardes and buenos noches, which is good morning, afternoon and evening. 
and I've also learned to introduce myself. Hola, mi nombre es Caitlin. I think it's going okay-ish. I'm enjoying learning all of the basic phrases and hopefully I can use them next time I go on holiday. As you can see, I keep missing a few things, getting a few things wrong. I'm going to have to practice this quite a lot. <laughs> but yeah, hoping I can get this done in time. Fui divertido y me encanaría aprender mi español y aprender otros idiomas. So that was me with my awful pronunciation saying it was enjoyable and I would love to learn more Spanish as well as learning other languages, which is basically how I found this whole experience. I'm also trying to learn sign language at the moment because I love how inclusive it is. And I definitely say if you're bored during lockdown, then now is the perfect time to give it a go and learn something new. And after about a week of learning Wonderwall, I think I've got something that I can play. Here's the first few bars of Oasis. Well done for taking up that challenge. Now here's your chance to get involved. I want everyone listening to try out a new challenge. It could be something that you've been meaning to do for ages or it could be something that you just come up with right now. Do it and tell me how you got on with a short voice note and then smack into an email and send it over to youthrising at somethingelse.com. There's no G in something by the way. And in our next episode, we'll share it and tell you how you guys got on. I used to get bored during lockdown, but since we introduced Lockdown Lowdown, it's changed the game. Our Youth Rising team packed out their favourite recommendations and this week it's all about what games they've been playing. So I'm not really one for playing online gaming, but if I had to recommend a game, um, you can get Crossroad on the app when you're bored, when you're really, really bored. Um, or you can play board games or card games. Uh, your regular card games um, such as Cheat or even Uno is super fun. I play things like Star Wars Battlefront, I've been playing a lot of Halo, I've been playing a lot of Destiny as well and Sea of Thieves which is one of my favourite games, I love playing that, so I love pirates. In regards to games I've been playing I have gotten fully obsessed with Picture Cross and I've also been playing quite a lot of chess. <laughs> Some games I've been playing are City Skylines, which is a great way to waste time, and Psych, which is a game where you have to answer questions to outwit your friends. During lockdown, I've been playing The Sims 4. It feels very therapeutic to play it. It feels like I'm actually going outside and a bit more in control of my life than I am right now. The best game that I've discovered during lockdown has been Monster of the Week. Dungeons & Dragons style tabletop game works surprisingly well online. With a downloadable PDF format rulebook and a cooperative group of friends, it turns out that the physical table isn't actually necessary. Even if your chosen dungeon master does have to get a bit creative with MS Paint. And the best games I've been playing is 100% Sims 4. You can't get me off the game. I'm absolutely loving it and I've been having the best time. In terms of games, <laughs> me and my friends are a little bit obsessed with um, Club Penguin Rewritten. It's um, a little bit sad actually, but it's really fun. 
And actually, if you do it with loads of friends, it can be quite hilarious and quite addictive. We stayed up until three, four in the morning before, <laughs> just playing Club Penguin. So yeah, I would definitely recommend that too. Thank you so much, guys, for those recommendations. There are some there that even I might try myself. Now, that's all for this episode of Youth Rising. I'm super grateful to everyone that's listened so far and made it up to here. Remember, each week we're going to be bringing you stories on how the coronavirus pandemic is impacting young people across England. Join us next week as we're going to be looking at how lockdown is affecting the homeless. As well as that, we're going to be bringing you some more stories during lockdown. Youth Rising. Youth Rising. Youth Rising. By NCS.